This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. It is Sports Talk. It's Wednesday. It's uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Let me be the first, let me be the absolute first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Nobody else has done that yet, so we're first. Happy Thanksgiving. I like to call people the day before their birthday and wish them a happy birthday. Pat, when is your birthday? Is he? Happy birthday, Pat, for whenever that is. So I'll be among the first to wish you a happy birthday. So I can say I didn't forget uh, when your birthday rolls around. So happy birthday, Pat. Thanks, bud. Awfully, awfully nice of you. Happy belated to you as well. When, it, when was your birthday? How long have we known each other? Well, I mean, I don't know you that well. <laughs> um, anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels out there. Weather turned a little bit nicer in the Midlands this afternoon. And I uh, understand along the coast it was raining some. And uh, hopefully the weather's going to be out of here. I think it will be by game time on a Saturday night. South Carolina put out some information This evening, quote, we anticipate additional traffic congestion in the area for Saturday's game. All parking lots around the stadium will open early, yay, at 1.30 to allow more time for fans to get to the parking spots. So that's good. Good thing you and I will be arriving via the uh, Sports Talk chopper. Yes. We'll be landing right there on top of the press box and get right in. So they're saying... Additional congestion around 6 p.m. I'm wondering if that's when they're expecting uh, President Trump to be in the neighborhood. Kickoff is set for 7:39. All parking lots around the stadium will open at 1:30. Gamecock Walk will begin around 5:30. Stadium gates will open at their regular times. Gamecock Park, Woodstock, Armory, LMC. Fair Park lots are all sold out. Game day parking will be available on a first-come, first-served basis for $40. Credit card only in the state newspaper lot located at 1401 Shop Road. Okay. So, the good news is they're making things happen a little bit earlier as far as getting into those parking lots. That should ease the congestion. And that's a good thing about a 730 kickoff. you got all-day traffic and by the time uh, our party rolls in in our stretch limo, it should be clear sailing into the parking lot. So uh, get off our lawn and get out of our way. Uh, Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here in Columbia, and Chris Bergen joining us, not from the Bergy Palace tonight. He'll be joining us momentarily from his vacation abode uh, down along the beach. So you know how it is when it when you're when you're Chris Bergen. I mean, you got you got residences all over South Carolina. So he'll be joining us in just a moment. We want to get back to your phone calls. A busy night, however. Uh, if you haven't gotten through, good night to do so here early. Jump on board early. 888-898-2525. Your chance to give us your picks 
on uh, the game. Uh, right now, it's um, it's leaning towards Clemson with our picks that we have recorded. Uh, anywhere from something like um, 28-21 Clemson to 80-20 to Clemson. A pretty big spread there. Got a couple of folks picking the Gamecocks. So you've got time to get your picks in. 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. So we'll take your phone calls here early. Then we get really busy. Uh, 6.30, Mike Morgan on the move. 7.05, Chalk Talk. 7.35, Will and the Thrill. Also, recruiting to be worked in there. So we got all that. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is uh, talking right about now following the Tigers' practice. We might try and bring you a little fresh Dabo. Nothing wrong, Chris Bergen. Nothing wrong with a little fresh Dabo in your life. Everybody should have a little fresh Dabo. It beats the leftovers that we'll be having on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I would imagine. Always good to get fresh stuff. Well, how long? See, here's the thing. When I first eat the turkey on Thursday, it's delicious, mm-hmm. right? And, and you, you really get a bunch of it. And then and maybe Thursday night you might go in the refrigerator, pull out a leg, and, and eat a, you know, a leg for a little while. But then come Friday, you know, when I look at a turkey or turkey slices on Friday, I'm sort of like, eh, I don't know if I want any more. I think I've had enough. How, how deep into the weekend will you eat turkey? Oh, gosh. I don't mind taking a leftover or two. I would definitely have some again on Friday, I would assume. And then maybe, probably not Saturday. I'll be working on Saturday and doubtful Sunday. So if it makes it to Monday, I'll be surprised. But normally after Friday, I'm, I'm sort of like you. I'm ready to move on to something else. Kind of know, done with it. Ham huh? and turkey t- tomorrow for sure. Yeah. And then after that, um, maybe Friday would be pretty much my limit. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, on to uh, a few things. 888-898-2525. Calls are coming up in just a second. Let me update the poll question of the week. And um, and then we have our poll question of the day. So let me find which one I've got here first. The, um, the poll question of the day is, um, well, that's not it. That's the old poll question of the day. Where's the new poll question of the day? Uh, where is my new poll question of the day? Here it is. Poll question of the day. <laughs> where is my poll question of the day? Uh, oh, here it is. Poll question of the day. What is most likely to happen? What is most likely to happen? Rattler, three touchdown passes. Shipley, Maffa, 150 rushing. USC fakes a punt kick. Clemson five plus sacks. <laughs> That's tough. What do you think is most likely to happen? You know, I can see all four of those things actually happening. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's most likely to happen? Mm-hmm. I would say Shipley Mafa rushing for 150 yards. That's that's where I would go. I think that's the most likely to happen. Rattler probably needs to throw three touchdowns for Carolina to have a shot. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, that means USC's offensive line is holding up well enough to keep that Clemson front off of him, so that would neutralize the five sacks. So I'm going to stick with the ground game. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm Clemson and I'm Garrett Riley, that's what I've got to have. I've got to have those two guys combined for 150 or more. I would agree. I would agree. Pat, you got any thoughts on uh... – which one is most likely? Rattler for three. Shipley Maffa for buck fifty. Gamecocks faking a punt or kick. Place kick. Which and they will do, by the way. Clemson five <laughs> plus sacks. 
That is a good question. And I think I'm going to... The two that I'm deciding between are the Shipley Mafa 150 or the USC fakes a punt or a kick. Just because I, I still stand by, even though the special teams of the Gamecocks has not quite been as explosive as we saw in 2022, Pete Limbo is a heck of a coach. And I think that he and the other coaches may be aware that they're going to not only need to slow down Clemson, but also take advantage of the opportunities they do have on offense. Because if Clemson's able to successfully run the ball, that's going to minimize the opportunities for Rattler. So I'm just not sure Rattler's going to have enough opportunities, enough drives to get the three touchdown passes. Uh, but I would not be surprised if USC tries to extend one of those drives with a with a fake punt. I doubt we'll see another onside kick like we did, but I think I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to take the USC fakes a punt or a kick. Hmm. Yeah, that might be pretty safe too. That might be pretty safe. I think they're going to pull out all stops for this thing, and if they're in their if they're in the right position to call it, you know, I think they will. And you know mm-hmm. that they are begging Clemson to call for a fake punt. They're sure. just they might even like <laughs> you know do something to try to trick Clemson into calling a fake punt, like maybe you know uh, line up and leave the middle of the field open or something, anything to entice them to try to do a, a fake punt. Now, the poll question of the week, of course, is basically who do you think, based on what you've seen this month, who do you think is going to win? This is straight up, not involving any points. 724 votes are in. It's still tied. It's a, it's a split electorate, 51% for the Gamecocks, 49% for Clemson. So you still got time to get your vote in on that uh, as we go through the week here. Reminder, no show tomorrow night. We are off for the holiday. We'll be back with you on Friday going into the game itself. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, then to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. I saw this. This actually came out yesterday from a, a reporter in Oklahoma who's got a lot of followers, and he's kind of been on the beat of this conference realignment. The Swaim Show is the guy not sure what his first name is, uh, but he's got a lot of followers and a lot of listeners, so he must have some reputation. So he uh, tweeted out last week, I'm sorry, yesterday, tweeted out yesterday. Uh, let's see here. He tweeted that, um, well, actually back on, let me go back here a little bit. Back in October, he tweeted Virginia and North Carolina joining Florida State and Clemson in plans to exit the ACC after 2026 i think we might have talked about that uh when that came out but the um the one i'm looking at that is a little more recent is this uh from yesterday um there will be teams he wrote actually from november 20th there will be teams announcing exits from the acc possibly before the end of this year most notably florida state and clemson but North Carolina, Virginia, and Miami and others are coveted by the Big Ten and or the SEC, while the Big 12 is looking at looking at Louisville, NC State, Virginia Tech, and Pitt, among others. So basically what he is suggesting here is the end of the ACC. If you talk, yeah. if you talk about Florida State Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, Miami, and then Louisville, NC State, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. That's nine teams. If all of that happens to happen, 
and all those teams leave, you're talking about the end of the ACC. Um, so he says there will be teams announcing exits from the ACC, possibly in the next uh, five weeks, most notably Florida State and Clemson. And then he mentioned the other where, schools. Phil? <clears throat> well, well, I mean, the SEC has, has stated publicly that it's happened. Now, obviously, things change. But the SEC has stated publicly that once Oklahoma and Texas roll into the mix, they are satisfied with where they are. And I don't see the Big Ten really out there trying to shop. I mean, could we get to a point where flyover country is where the majority of college athletics are being played in the middle portion of the country? You eliminate the uh, uh, the Pac-12 and get rid of the ACC. be really, really odd, the new setup in college athletics. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, – I mean, you know – as far as the conference affiliation, you're right. I mean, the, the schools are going to be still where they're located, so right, you're still right. going to be yeah. in the east and the southeast and all that. But, um, I mean, to have the Big Ten reach down in here and have schools as members will be uh, very strange, very strange. Um, and I think it's just going to all lead to what I think will happen in a matter of time. And, again, that is a, a national college football mm-hmm. league. And then you'll go back to some sanity because then you can go to – divisions within that league and have some geographic sense made out of those divisions and and then go from there you know kind of a an nfl arrangement um as best as you can make it but anyway that is what this gentleman has uh, reported uh we'll see if he's on on the button with all that uh jamie chadwell was a name in the uh, mississippi state search for a new head coach 24 uh, 7 sports is told he's happy at liberty does that mean that's uh, no longer a uh, a deal, no longer a possibility that that he's sounds like it involved Mississippi State? I mean, Jamie Chadwell is a deeply deeply religious person, and Liberty just seems like a natural fit for him. But you know, that being said, a Power Five job, I think, is something he is striving for. But maybe Mississippi State was not the one he wanted. Um, so, what about his tweet like from, from downtown Starkville? Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe he was actually. Maybe he did actually talk with them about it. And just for whatever reason, uh, I saw the same report you did that maybe they have they have either cooled on him or he has cooled on them. I'm not sure which. I can't imagine Mississippi State would cool on somebody as as talented as Jamie Chadwell, but it appears that may be the case. Maybe here's, they don't feel like he's he's a splash hire that they have to make in the SEC. I don't know. Yeah, here's a note from Dabo Sweeney as he has his final uh, media availability. This is being tweeted out by reporters. There, uh, receiver Antonio Williams has practiced. A little this week, he's getting better every day uh, to be determined if he can play. Uh, Bo Collins is out, and same for left guard Marcus Tate, who has been out um, and, and remains out. So the Bo Collins thing, I guess, is the biggest piece of news. The uh, the, the, the torn plantar fasciitis, I guess, is not going to allow him to, to be able to go. And if Williams can't go, um, you know, that's two, two major weapons out of the Clemson offense. Though some of the other guys have stepped up. Stiletto has stepped up here in recent weeks and become a factor. Of course, there's Brenning Stool at tight end. You got to keep an eye on him. Um, Tyler Brown. Uh, that's that's probably going to be your three. And then Shipley, I would say, coming out of the backfield gives you a fourth threat through the air. Um, at at this point, so um, that is the word from from Dabo here as he's talking with the media uh, right after practice this afternoon. Okay, 
Phone number, 888-898-2525. Let's go ahead and jump to some phone calls. Folks want to get on board, uh, give us their thoughts on the game, give us their uh, their final predictions for the game, and uh, we'll get to those calls in just a second. And you heard from um, Coach Tim Beck today over at Coastal Carolina. I did. Um, pretty much standard uh, operating procedure for Coach Beck. His press conference was actually delayed a little bit. Normally it's set to begin at noon. They bumped it back to one. And then with rain here on the coast all day today, the uh, team didn't get out to practice until a little bit later. So Presser didn't start till about one thirty. He was asked about the quarterback situation, said uh, Ethan Vasco is available this week. He and Jarrett Guest, who played last week against Army, both are sort of splitting reps this week with the first and second team. So kind of playing fairly close to the vest as to who might start against James Madison. Huge ball game for them. If Coastal wins, on uh, Saturday, they'll represent the uh, Sunbelt East against Troy next week, more than likely at Troy in the uh, Sunbelt title game. Should James Madison win, since they're ineligible for the division championship, they can't go anyway. But that would mean that Coastal would have to get some help from Georgia Southern uh, taking on Appalachian. And uh, it's interesting the Sunbelt set this up where both of those games are going at the same time. So everybody should know it's about 6 o'clock on a Saturday night who's won the East. But uh, still no uh, Grayson McCall in the lineup. He's starting to move around a little bit, according to uh, Tim Beck, but he has not been cleared to return. And now it looks like if he is ever going to play again for Coastal, it would probably be in a bowl game. Okay, let's go to Keith in Camden. First up with us tonight here on Sports Talk, uh, Keith, welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Great to have you with us. Hey Chris, Phil. Hope y'all having a good evening. Yes, sir. Uh, I've already I've already gave my score. I just wanted when you get to recruiting tonight, uh, what have you heard anything in regards to the kid from uh, Midland Valley? I was hoping Pat would answer, and I wouldn't. I just asked that question off the air. But oops, sorry, uh, Keith. That's okay. It's always good to have you on the air. Yeah. Uh, n- yeah. You know, nothing more since um, last time I checked in on him, which was. Latter part of the season, I know he had a huge playoff game, huge playoff season, um, top 3,000 yards, I believe. Nothing more as far as uh, offers, nothing more as far as any – I mean, I don't think Clemson's involved at all, and South Carolina's had a little bit of interest. I, I think South Carolina's still hanging with Daniel Hill, uh, who is expected to visit on Saturday and announce in January. I still think they're, they're feeling – you know, pretty decent about their chances with him. That that's the guy they've been been going with this whole time. Yeah, but Phil, let me. This is where I'm struggling. I, I get that, but when you're down to the level we are, what's what's wrong with two of them? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with go ahead and grabbing two or three for that matter? It just doesn't make sense. But uh, enjoy the show, y'all. Have a good evening. I'm gonna hang tight and listen tonight. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I don't know what they've said in the recruiting of Hill as to, you know, hey, you're the only guy we're taking. If they've made that kind of promise as a way to entice, that happens a lot in recruiting. Um, and I don't know, you know, you don't have any more restrictions on the number you can sign in a class, <clears throat> but you do have to stay at the 85 limit. So I don't know without breaking down their roster. And you really don't know what their roster number is going to be until probably – sometime in January after the the transfers and the returns are figured out and you see exactly how many you got spaces opened and how many you've already committed 
Uh, then you can look at maybe some extras you can bring in. But, you know, they've got um, Anderson coming back and Braswell coming back, uh, assuming they come back, of course, uh, and um, uh, McDowell can come back. So all three of their running backs, uh, I believe, uh, can return. Uh, and then they've got a running back already committed in the class, so they're really looking for one more. So if all that works out, I mean, they're looking at having five. Uh, in the running back room, and if they like you know, those, Keith five, asked an interest, interesting question. Excuse me, Phil, mm-hmm. about that position. I mean, do you recruit that the same way though you would recruit a quarterback? I know I've heard you talk numerous times about uh, they they're only going to offer one quarterback in the class, and that's who they want, and that's they make that clear. Would you do that at that position, or is the running back position treated differently because of the wear and tear and how many guys you actually need at that position? Well, I mean, you offer multiple. Um, but you, you tell a guy, you know, if you got your number one guy and you only have room for one, I mean, you tell him, Hey, you know, if you commit, we won't bring in any others. Um, and I don't know if that's the case with the running back situation or not. I'm just thinking out loud, uh, Mm -hmm. as for a possibility, but you know, it's pretty evident. It's pretty evident that the coaches have done their due diligence and they've done their scouting and they've looked at the tape. They've evaluated rightly or wrongly, and they've made a decision. And that's what, unfortunately, might not make sense to us when you have a kid in-state who's had that kind of a year, and you say, my gosh, why aren't the in-state schools uh, offering him? Well, I know they've looked at him, and I know they've evaluated him, and they've made a decision that they got to go another direction. Are, so, you, are you surprised, Phil, that we've not seen more of D.J. Braswell this year for the Gamecocks? Is that at all surprising to you as such a highly sought-after recruit at a high school? Uh, well, you know, he did play – he's played some the last couple of games. He was the guy that had the key block. He did. He, he's had 11 yeah. carries for 24 yards on the yeah. season, and he's appeared in four games. Yeah. Um, just again, to Keith's point, with the with the struggles that they have had at times throughout the season running the ball, just didn't know if it was at all surprising that you wouldn't see at that point take a chance on the young guy. Well, I don't know. They might have been thinking about trying to redshirt him. So he's been in four games, right? So he's at the limit. That's right. So, yeah, he could technically redshirt as of now. As of right now. If he plays against Clemson, he can't. So, all right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. Thanks for the phone call, Keith. We go to Ron in Greenville. Ron, good to have you with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hey, Hey. How you doing, buddy? Great. How you doing? Good. I've got a score for you. Lay it on me. Clemson 28, South Carolina 17. Reasonable, reasonable. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Did I hear you right when you come on there and said that parking uh, was $40? This particular lot, yeah, $40. My God, I wouldn't do that. Well, and, uh, they gotta they gotta you, make money. They gotta pay those players. Good, great. Do uh do they sell beer inside the stadium? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna pull for Clemson. <laughs> okay, Ron. Okay, appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Real quick, uh, Gamecock Larry in Swansea, if you can get it in in a minute, you got the last minute of this portion. Welcome in, Gamecock Larry. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Family, friends, and foe. Happy Thanksgiving. I've heard about this Clemson defense. 
Clemson defense. You got an ACC defense. You don't have an SEC defense. You played four teams. Uh, well, there's four teams: Clemson, Duke, North Carolina, and Florida State. Two of those teams beat you, and the other team should have beat you. They gave the team game to you. And I don't give my prediction, but it's going to change, so I ain't going to tell you now. Rattler will get three touchdowns in the air and at least one on the ground. And the game cops going to roll. They're going to have a tiger skidded in Willoughby B Saturday night. Come on down, Dabo. Come on down. Gamecock love it from Swansea, Dabo. Come on down. Go Gamecock. <laughs> love on you. Love on you. Go Gamecock. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, Larry. I'd love to have Thanksgiving dinner with Larry. I bet that'd be a lot of fun. Hit the break, and we'll be back. Uh, Mike Morgan, Morgan on the Move, coming up. We are back on Sports Talk. It is Wednesday, pre-Thanksgiving, live with you from our studios in Columbia. Reminder, no show tomorrow night, Thanksgiving night. We take the night off to uh, hang out with the turkeys. And then back on Friday, heading into a game week, high school football semifinals, and, of course, uh, rivalry games beginning tomorrow and on through the weekend. We'll get back to your phone calls in a little bit. we got Dabo Sweeney coming up a little bit. Probably get you a little Dowell Loggins in there as well. Without Messina, Loggins, no Messina. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we bring you Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move. Brought to you by State Farm agent Gary Patterson. For 35 years, Gary's been serving the real estate needs from Lugoff to Lexington, from Columbia to Blythewood. Your auto, home, life insurance, and business insurance can all be handled by Gary when he isn't refereeing ACC football games. Is he going to be calling the USC Clemson game? He's spending countless hours helping South Carolinians with all their insurance needs and making a difference in the community. Go check out GaryPatterson.net today, and Gary will go over the best plans for you and your family. That's GaryPatterson.net. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. There are lots of places to buy your next ride, but there is no place like Love Chevy, where you never pay more than MSRP, ever. Come by and feel the difference of love. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move. He's in basketball mode. He's in NFL football mode, but... Of course, he's keeping a close watch on college football. Got to love this week, rivalry week. I kind of wish I kind of wish everything ended here. I mean, I know we got the playoff, and, and I wish everything ended here, and then we went to the bowl games and, and wrapped it up. I know we got the playoffs, the expanded playoffs coming. To me, there's nothing bigger than the rivalry game. That's what college football has been about, will always be about, if you ask me. I don't think many people would disagree with that. I think I think people love this 
part of the equation, and you know, obviously, I I hope that we don't lose any of these or any more. I should say. I mean, we're going to lose a couple. That, that's already been made clear. Thankfully, uh, the Apple Cup will remain intact. Washington, Washington State. But you know, we're going to lose Bedlam. We're going to lose the Civil War. Mm. Um, I, I, obviously, we're not going to lose Carolina Clemson. Uh, that is been made abundantly clear um no matter how many ungrounded uh, reports that clemson is leaving and they might eventually leave but <laughs> but nobody knows when or where you gotta you have to have a landing spot in order to report a story that clemson's leaving yeah and right now they don't have a landing spot um but but thankfully this rivalry which i was talking about today on uh the ITG show, part of the the same network you're a part of, Chief Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was a pleasure for me to cover it uh, for nearly a dozen years and be involved in the broad, broadcasting uh, facets of it. And uh, I still cover it in my own way uh, from a distance now. It, it's still something that uh, is special to me. I understand it. I, I know what makes it special. And, uh, you know, even though neither one of these teams have had the season that they had envisioned, uh, it's still a mammoth game. And that, to me, is what makes it a special rivalry. Anybody can have a great rivalry when two teams are in the top ten. <laughs> but but does, is there any waning interest when the teams aren't as good as, as they had hoped? And in this case, I don't think there's any waning interest at all. You look around the SEC in particular, and the rivalry games beginning with tomorrow night, the Egg Bowl, and moving through the Palmetto Bowl and the Iron Bowl, uh, and, of course, this incorporates the ACC, too. Uh, Florida and Florida State, um, they, they don't get any better than what we have down here in the southeast when it comes to these uh, to these rivalry games, I would say. You know, Michigan-Ohio State, that's fantastic in that it's a, always a, a national game, but and they're, they're longtime bitter rivals, and it doesn't matter that they're not in the same state. I mean, they, they really hate each other, those two schools. But it just, there is something extra special when it's the in-state – rivals uh, going at it uh and I kind of I don't feel for them but I mean I think if you're a fan of like Tennessee of course you have other rivals but can you get excited about Vanderbilt no LSU you really don't have I mean maybe Tulane now is rising up where they can become a bit of a rival for LSU if they ever play them again but they don't really have a a strong in-state rival that in-state rival that long time this is the 120th meeting between the Gamecocks and the Tigers that kind of tradition is hard to copy, and living in the state that has a tradition like that is, is really special. And I think we're very lucky here in South Carolina to have it. And like you said, and I've said, we, we need to make sure, I think our legislature needs to take some action uh, to make sure that nobody can touch this, uh, this rivalry. We've already had Greg Sankey interrupt it once. Uh, and with uh, who knows what's going to happen with, with conference re- uh, realignment, um, I wouldn't take anything for granted. If they could kill Civil War in Bedlam, it could certainly kill the Palmetto Bowl. Yeah, I just I have enough confidence in the people that that run those uh, two universities uh, and the people they have to answer to that that's just not going to happen. I I understand the concern, but I I just don't I don't see it being a possibility for one reason. It's already an, an out-of-conference matchup, right? So uh, it, it's not interrupting the flow of Carolina's schedule or Clemson's schedule. 
it's still, in the case of the Gamecocks now, eight SEC and Clemson. In the case of Clemson, it's uh, eight ACC, uh, I hope I said that right, uh, and, and, and Carolina. So, uh, I, you know, you get a little bit concerned maybe if one of those leagues goes to nine conference games and maybe one of the coaches says, well, look, our schedule's tough enough as it is. But, I, again, they, they would ride you out of town if you ever tried to take away this game from the fans of the respective uh, schools. So I, I just don't see it happening. I do wonder, and I was talking about this uh, earlier today on the, on the other show, is that would there ever be a time you consider like what the Egg Bowl has, uh, where you play on Thanksgiving, where you play on a Friday, uh, where you have a little more of a window uh, for people to be introduced to this rivalry outside of the state of South Carolina? I, I, am, I am curious if that would ever be considered. Yeah. But, Mike, I do have to ask you, I mean, I know you do the, the show on the Chief Sports uh, app, the Chief Sports Network, and it's a great show. You do a fine job. Just want to make sure that we're getting your best stuff here on Sports Talk. I mean, you are giving oh, us your best stuff, right? Oh, I always uh, – let me tell you something. When I get done with ITG from mm. 11 to 2, uh, the, the two days a week I do it, mm. I immediately put my elbow in, in a bucket of ice to keep it fresh. <laughs> so the fastball is, is – I'm still gunning it up there, good, 97, good. 98 for sports talk. You know that. I just, I'm, I'm a primetime player. I want, I want your best stuff. I want your best stuff. Oh, no question. Do you have a favorite memory? of a USC Clemson game from your involvement in the booth? Well, you know, my first two years with the Gamecock uh, radio network were 2000, 2001. And uh, so those were the years that uh, Carolina went from losing 21 in a row mm. to uh, to having the back-to-back Outback Bowl season. So, I, I mean, two of them stand out. The first one, of course, was going to Death Valley in 2000. That's the infamous Rod Gardner uh, if you're a Carolina fan, you say it's a push-off. If you're a Clemson fan, you say it's a great move by a talented wide receiver. Um, and, and that gave me a taste of it, my first taste of it in Death Valley. And, and even though it was a heartbreaking loss uh, for Carolina, you could tell that this program was uh, clearly on the, uh, on the rise. And then the following year, uh, where that team was able to cap it off with a win, at home, and and then that uh, uh, kind of streak of uh, futility, if you will. Uh, so those first two always stand out to me. I I did the post game show on the uh, the infamous brawl mm. at '04. That was an interesting one. Um, and and then you know the the, the first one with, with Spurrier. Obvious. I'll tell you a quick a quick story. The fir- the first year that Spurrier was there in '05, no TV picked up Carolina Clemson. So we were going to do a pay-per-view. Don Munson and I were going to be the announcers. Uh, very few people know this story. Don Munson and I were going to do the Carolina-Clemson game on pay-per-view because not a single TV net. Remember, we had no SEC network. We had no ACC network. So if ESPN, ESPN2 didn't pick you up uh, or ABC, then you, you were just not on TV. And at the last moment, you know, maybe a week before, uh, the ADs and somebody made a phone call to this person and somebody made a phone call to that person. They wound up doing the game on, I can't remember if it was ESPNU or two. And so Tommy Moody and I wound up calling the game anyway and our own broadcast on top of williams Bryce Stadium outside near the cameras uh, and, and just did a mock broadcast. I figured I, <laughs> we did all that preparation <laughs> to do a broadcast 
I'm going to do it anyway. So somewhere that game is on a CD in a box in my uh, attic that no one's ever heard. Uh, but we did call it. Uh, the late Tommy Moody and I did call it. Yeah, that that's funny. a true story. How about that? That's a great story. Great story. That really is. That's, just a, that's a good that. resume tape thing for you, Mike. You might have yeah, to continue yeah. in, this, in this career, maybe use that to get another job. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to send that one out to somebody. Maybe that'll work out well. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move you know, with us here it, tonight. It, it, is, it is funny just to think about how long that, – that's not that long ago. We're not talking ancient history, right? We're talking 2005, and that game was going to be radio only and then pay-per-view. So you would have had to spend $30. It would have been a unique broadcast, though, because you would have had uh, kind of a split broadcast with, with Don and I. And much like we did a lot of the old CSS broadcasts, where, for example, if I was doing a, a South Carolina-Georgia game, I'd be, I'd be the play-by-play and like a buck blue would be color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought those broadcasts always brought a, a unique element to the table as opposed to just having your typical – two national guys that don't have any attachment to either either school. Absolutely. So it would, it would have been a lot of fun. It would have mm-hmm. been neat. I agree. Well, and, Mike, that sort of dovetails or leads me into what I wanted to ask you about with regards to, say, Todd Ellis and, and Don Munson and the, the radio play-by-play guys. Obviously, they want to do a good job when, you know, Carolina's playing Mississippi State and Clemson's playing NC State. But clearly, this is a big deal for the state, and it's also obviously a big deal in radio. How much additional pressure do you believe is on those guys to maybe put their best foot forward this weekend as well? Well, I don't know if I, I, I would attach the word pressure as much as excitement. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, those those are two guys that have been in those respective roles for a while. You you look forward to the opportunity to have a memorable moment behind the mic against your in-state rival uh, because you know that can that can stand uh, the, the the test of time if it's done right. You know, and, it, and if the moment provides it, uh, you love to have those. You absolutely love to have those. So uh, I think it's it's less uh, uh, you know, nervousness or anxiety and more excitement about the chance to be able to call uh, a memorable moment in the most memorable game every year. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. <clears throat> big moment in that game can make your career. I remember my buddy Don Williams, I think it was the 1986 game in Death Valley. And this was when Don was on the sideline. Bob Fulton, Tommy Suggs were up in the box. I think it was 86. And they were playing a tight one in Death Valley. And it came down to South Carolina for a field goal to win the game. Okay? Now, if you're a play-by-play guy, this is your biggest moment. You know, last play of the game, field goal. Of course, the setup was Bob Fulton would throw it down to Don to call the field goal because he would be – underneath the goalpost now you know bob hated that he hated that with a passion but that was the deal you know as he should have and he threw it down to don he threw it down like in the absolute last second he kept it as long as he could and the i can't the kicker shanked it now, this was a chance for don to have his shining moment as the gamecocks right. beat clemson on a walk-off field goal at clemson and they could all go dancing on the field and he could scream at the top of his lungs 
And I remember his call was, there's the kick, and it never had a chance. He missed it. <laughs> it never had a chance. <laughs> that was his call. It never had a chance. He just hooked it. Oh, and man. That might have been a tie. That game might have ended. Did they have a tie like in 86 or something? I have to go back and look in the record books. That might have been a tie. But the Gamecocks, before they played overtime, the Gamecocks had a chance to win that game and just missed it. Hey, Mike, have a great Thanksgiving. Busy weekend for you uh, on your calls. Uh, what you got? You got Kentucky on Friday? Yeah, Kentucky basketball on Friday uh, for the SEC Network and then uh, Saints-Falcons on Sunday on uh, Compass Network. So uh, look on uh, a national radio call. So looking forward to a little college basketball, NFL combo, and then uh, a chance Saturday when I'm en route to, uh, to catch some of these great rivalry games. And I'll, I'll certainly be tuned in Saturday night to uh to carolina clemson well you have a great weekend enjoy thanksgiving we'll talk to you next week thanks mike appreciate it okay mike. guys mike have morgan morgan on the move here on sports talk all right we'll go to the break and we will come back with more can squeeze in some more phone calls get more predictions from you thanks to mike triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the phone number it never had a chance that is great I'd never heard that story. Yeah. And Don was good at an economy of words, too. Oh, it's right. one of his very good skills. Absolutely. And I'm sure he was ready to, to let it hang out uh, had that <laughs> field goal attempt gone through. Yeah, 21-21, 1986. Missed a field goal at the end. This year's Carolina and Clemson jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50,000, $75,000, or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second Chance odds depend on number of entries received. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different. It's engaging. 
but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Hi, it's Phil Kornblut of the Sports Talk Media Network. We love our high school football in South Carolina, and we love bringing you the scores every Friday night. From 10 to midnight, we check in on every region across the state with live reports and coaches' interviews. So whether you're in your car after a game or lounging in your den, be sure to dial up the Founders Federal High School Scoreboard Friday nights right here on the Sports Talk Media Network. I want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to our friends at James Smith Realty down in uh, Pauley's Island and Litchfield. And hope you'll think of a Jimmy uh, later on this uh, winter if you're looking to get away for a, a little weekend vacation or longer. Or maybe you're starting to uh, think about your spring and summer plans at the beach and you're looking for a place to stay. Let Jimmy and his staff help you find uh, a great place. Maybe you're thinking about buying some property. Well, they are the people to call to put you right where you want to be and to work it for you all the way to the end and get you exactly what you're looking for. The phone number is 843-237-4246, 843-237-4246, online at pauliesvacationrentals.com. That's Jimmy Smith, James Smith Real Estate. They are waiting for you to give you your perfect beach getaway. All right, 888 Two five two five, Kenny in Greenwood. Hello, Kenny. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm good. Good evening. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Good. So I'll address uh, two issues. First, I'll give us a prediction. Okay. And uh, and I base this upon historical uh, games at night in Columbia. For whatever reason, uh, Carolina's had better luck during the day in day games. But at night, they have tended to get shut out and get slaughtered. Hmm. So I'm thinking they're not nearly as good as Georgia Tech. So I say 38-17, Clemson. And then the other issue I want to address is the uh, SEC, ACC biased. And uh, I want you to consider something. Hmm. The ACC and the SEC in the last 10 years have played in five national championship games. And the ACC is 3-2 and two in those games. And this year, they're one and four head to head. And I believe after robbery week, it'll be two and seven. So I believe that a lot of that, you know, raising hell about the ACC being no good is because the ACC is the biggest threat to the SEC. You never hear them talking trash about the Big Ten or the Pac 12 or the Big 12 because they never beat the SEC. 
what the ACC does. So I'd like to hear your comment on that, and have a great evening. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the record speaks for itself. I can't argue about that fact. I think that the SEC has uh, owned the college football narrative by virtue of owning the biggest network and having uh, the biggest shills on the network uh, for them. Um, we had a nice discussion. We were on this morning in Florence in our affiliate there, uh, 96.3 FM, uh, and also 95.3 FM. Uh, every uh, day before Thanksgiving, we do a South Carolina Clemson a special for four hours. Kennard, the bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? Alan Smothers um, and others on that show. Chris, you were invited, but uh, you chose not to get up at five o'clock. So no, I've I've done my share of morning radio. I'm long past getting up at four thirty in the morning. But yeah. Thank you. KT came by. KT came by. Uh, Tommy, two gloves. But anyway, this came up. And listen, I mean, the SEC has a very loud organ in ESPN, the SEC network, and they have a a litany of shills for them on the SEC network who continue to do nothing but espouse the greatness of of the SEC and with their lead dog, Feinbaum, uh, taking down anybody that's kind of a threat. He turns his – he really does. He turns his venom on – and this guy is probably right. He turns his venom on – the greatest threat. It was Dabo for a while. Remember how he used to chew up Dabo? Uh, it's mm-hmm. been Lincoln Riley here of late. Yeah, it's been Lincoln Riley here of late and uh, on and on. Of course, he does. He did chew up uh, Jimbo Fisher a little bit there at the end. So they they do eat their own sometimes. But, I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the SEC's done a fabulous job of marketing itself and creating the image that people now see, and that is that it's the greatest league of all in college sports. Record doesn't always back it up, as the caller said. But I don't quite get his opinion about the ACC being the biggest challenge to the SEC. I don't see the ACC being a challenge to the SEC in terms of long-term football success. I think there are a couple of programs in there that may want to get out of the ACC to come into the SEC. I think the bigger challenge is going to be the Big Ten to the SEC's dominance, not the ACC. We'll pick back up on this and continue in a moment. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back. It is Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on a Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve. Happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you. Uh, Thank you for being with us. In just a moment, we'll have another edition of Chalk Talk, Coach uh, Ellis Johnson, Coach Chuck Reedy. Uh, They'll be joining us. Looking forward to having them with us to break it all down for us tonight here on Sports Talk. Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel here in Columbia, Chris Bergen. Uh, not at the Berge Palace. He's at his summer estate over in Georgetown. So nice move to the summer estate yes. here in the winter. That's the same. <laughs> Puts me a little bit closer to Conway for the weekend with football and uh, basketball this weekend. So worked out well, and we're going to have a, a small, very small uh, Thanksgiving celebration tomorrow. My wife, myself, and our dog, and that's us. That's all you need. We're looking forward to it. If yeah, you, if you got the wife and nice. the dog, what else could you need in your life? You know, I mean, <laughs> exactly. seriously. 
Exactly. I'm blessed. Of course, you need an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. We got the defensive coordinator waiting on the offensive coordinator. He'll be with us in just a moment. Uh, we got recruiting coming up. Uh, we'll take uh, a few more of your phone calls as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, take some more predictions uh, and hear what you have to say about the game. It's uh, coming up. But right now, it is time to welcome in two of America's great football minds. They might be a little long in the tooth, but the brain is still working well in each case. Welcome in on the offensive side, Coach Chuck Reedy. On the defensive side, Coach Ellis Johnson. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to the two of you. Hope you have some great turkey and some great times. Coach Reedy, welcome in. Great to have you with us. Uh, thank you, Phil. Great to be with you. Coach Johnson, welcome, welcome. Good to have you with us, sir. Good to be here. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Another Thanksgiving. Uh, did y'all see the video, by the way, Ellis, Chuck? Did y'all see the video of uh, – I'll start with you, Ellis. You see the video of Clyde Wren dancing uh, the other night after the, the Gamecock victory at the age of 80, cutting the cutting the rug there in the locker room? <laughs> no, I didn't. Where was it? Chuck, you see it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw it. Well, Clyde uh, – I talked to Clyde um, – Sunday, and he told me about it, yeah. but he, he didn't go into the detail that the, the video actually showed. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty impressive. Hey, man. <laughs> How did y'all used to celebrate wins, Chuck, after a win, uh, a regular win? I mean, I know the big wins, you guys would pop out the cigars and stuff. But how did y'all celebrate just the re- the average? You know, you, you beat Virginia 35-3. to How did you, What did y'all do in the locker room afterwards? Well, Phil, when you win a lot, you know you know how to win. You you enjoy it, you know, and and you enjoy it for for the night, and 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 then you get ready for the next opponent. When you don't win a lot, you know you got to try to create excitement, and you know. But when we were at Clemson, we won a lot, and you know, and like you said, the the big games, yeah, we would do something special, but you know, rest of it was just business as usual. Ellis, how about in your experiences, did you do anything special after wins? Not really. I uh, I think a lot of this stuff is geared toward recruiting. That's my guess. I don't know. Uh, now, the last time I was you know, with the team was with Coach Spurrier. He was big on – and Coach Malzahn. Coach Spurrier was big on handing out game balls. That was his thing in the locker room. I don't remember that we did it at the loss, but I can't remember. Uh Coach Malzahn, uh, he always had a couple of three kids and he recognized. And we always had a guest alumni like Charles Barkley or Bo Jackson or somebody, and they got to speak to the team and try to get them all fired up after the game. Super, super. Well, I remember 1977, <clears throat> and um, Clemson came in to uh, Columbia, and Clemson was. Uh, Clemson was on a roll, and I mean, it was 77, right? And I think South Carolina had the T-shirts underneath their jerseys that said, no cigars today. I think Clemson used to smoke cigars after their wins or something. Is that right? That was a Charlie Pell thing. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Pell thing. thing. Yeah. And, and no cigars today. And, of course, 77 was the Jerry Butler catch. And um, those, those, those T-shirts were available at a very cheap price after that. Yeah. You could you could find them on the black market, okay. So let's get to the game. That's um, more goodwill, I guess. 
Say again. <laughs> That's before the goodwill. <laughs> That's right. You find them at Goodwill now. <laughs> I just love that, though. No cigars today. Um, okay, Chuck, uh, overview of the game both ways. What What are you thinking on Saturday? Well, you know, I, I think in order for South Carolina to win, uh, Clemson's got to help them. Um, you know, they they've got to do what they did in the four losses. They you know they've got to give give up. A, a pick six or, or a scoop and score. Um, you know, I, I think that's the only way South Carolina can score enough points. And, and, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't think Clemson's good enough on offense to just go out and win the game, but they're so good on defense that, you know, the, the, as in the last three weeks, you know, that they've won the turnover margin and they, and the offense has played on a short field. In, in all three games because of the defense. So, you know, I think Clemson's going to have to help South Carolina. You know, if they do, you know, like, they, like they've done in their four losses. Uh, and, you know, I think South Carolina's probably going to have to get something in the kicking game. You know, South Carolina's not going to be able to score enough points against Clemson's defense without some help from Clemson. But I think that's the only way they can win the game. Ellis, South how do you Carolina. see it? Yeah, thank you, Chuck. Ellis, how do you see yeah. it? I think basically the same, and just in some different language. You know, if you looked at Clemson's game last week, they were playing a much better offensive team, but it was a quarterback who's on the same statue of, of a Rattler, and they they would get after May, and that was the whole thing. Now they gave up some runs, and then that that could happen. But North Carolina has running backs, and May can run. He, he he can run a little better than Rattler, so they gave up some rushing yardage, but they got done against quarterback what they had to get done and it, although his game was not terrible it was his worst completion percentage this year come up may and he he to me he's one of the best in the country so that would probably be a little bit of the approach i would think they just got a singular kind of get after him he forget from being a factor uh they if clemson's offense turns the football over south carolina will be in this game and the Clemson's lost to two football teams this year out of the four that I don't think are any better than Carolina. And so they've shown that, you know, they've got to do better or taking care of their own problems. And are they going to put themselves in a bind? Chuck, if you're the offensive coordinators both ways, uh, what kind of thoughts do you have in your mind? Start with the Gamecocks. If you're, you're Dowell Loggins, what kind of things are you thinking about that you want to try and do early on to maybe establish some things? And then if on the Clemson side, what are you thinking coming in about uh, how you want to attack this Gamecock defense if you're Garrett Riley? Well, I, I think, um, you know, from the South Carolina perspective, you know, early on, you know, I think you've got to, you know, Rattler's got to get the ball out of his hands quick. They've got to get, you know, some some quick throws whether it be slants, whether it be you know some some screens, whatever the case may be, um, and 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 some draws um, to try to slow down the rush, and then and then you know I would be really when if Clemson's going to bring pressure and bring their backers and play man coverage, I would do a lot of max protection. I mean, if it meant keeping you know eight guys in. If it meant keeping nine guys in and try to isolate uh, Leggett. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, give him time to, to, to get down the field um, because they're going to try uh, Ellis nailed it. They're going to, they're going to pressure Rattler. 
um, you know, but if they're going to pressure him with more than the front four, they're going to be, you know, playing man coverage. And, you know, Max protect. And, and, and because Leggett's the one guy that can make a difference, Rattler and Leggett, they're the only ones that, that offensively for South Carolina that can change this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so they've got to do that. You know, from uh, Clemson's perspective, run the ball. Run the ball. You know they they they've been running for two over 200 yards a game in, in in these last three games. You know they've got two good running backs. You know t- I would take the ball out of Klubnik's hands and put it in those guys' hands and let them win the game. From the other side, if I was South Carolina, I let Ellis do the defensive side. Yeah. But if I was South Carolina, I'd stop the run. You know I'd, whatever I had to do, I'd stop the run early and and make Klubnik Klubnik beat you. All right, Ellis, your turn talking about. Pick up on where uh, Chuck left off. If you're um, uh, Clayton White and you're thinking about the best way to attack Clemson, what are you going to do defensively? What strategy do you want to use? And then if you are um, Wes Goodwin on the Clemson side, uh, you're thinking about the quarterback, you're thinking about the primetime receiver, uh, how would you approach that? Do you, do, you, do you double him? Do you put your best corner on him and say go sick him and stick with him? Do you bring a lot of pressure? How do you see it both ways? Well, I think uh, early on, I think South Carolina, again, they, they do have to stop the run and, and make sure they make Klebnik make some third-down plays. How they're going to do that, I'm not sure. They've switched to this three-man front lately. I've sold a bit on the last game. and They are creating some confusion for teams. <clears throat> they may have come in prepared for a different front or something. But I don't know if it's strong enough to hold up against Clemson's running game. Uh, if the two running backs take care of the football, They'll, they'll have a hard time stopping that running game. Uh, on the other side, I, I think Clemson, I just feel like they're going to probably take the same approach and, and pressure, uh, you know, not all the time, but pressure some. He's actually been rushing four a little bit more late, mixing it in, and they're four good enough to get there. Uh, you know, not as fast as pressure, but they're getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands, uh, and, and it's giving them some shots to pick off some passes. So, I, you know, I think the one mistake Clemson could make on defense is uh, going pressure too much. And it, you, you can't pressure and double cover a receiver, not unless now if they start getting the max protection, like Chuck said, they better have a, something in their back pocket where they can double the get and still have a reasonable coverage out there. But, uh, you know, we're kind of saying the same thing going around in circles. <laughs> it boils down to Clemson taking care of the football. And South Carolina being able to find a way to protect Rattler. Chalk Talk tonight here on Sports Talk, getting ready for the Palmetto Bowl with Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. And uh, Coach Reedy, first off, wanted to thank you. Uh, your, my wife and, and I got a chance to eat at the Comeback Shack just down the road from uh, Charleston Southern on Saturday night. Really enjoyed the hamburger. So uh, thank you for putting that in the way of Charleston Southern because we were going down there for the uh, Skisa State Championship games on Saturday. Well, great. Well, I appreciate appreciate the business and appreciate the plug. Yeah, that plug was a thousand dollars. So we'll, we'll <laughs> cash or money, cash or money order will be fine. We don't take you, the hamburgers. We don't take checks. Two. We don't take checks here. <laughs> take, take, take it out of take it out of my salary. Okay? <laughs> 
Well, we'll make you work for your food here because you, you kind of hit on it. I think that's probably the approach that Clemson should take. But when you have a young quarterback like Kate Klubnick who has not played in an environment like he's going to see on Saturday, never played in this rivalry game, how do you settle a young quarterback into that situation where maybe, he, as Coach Johnson pointed out, he hasn't played all that well on the road and, and mistakes could turn the tide of this game. How do you settle him in early and, and get him into the ball game so he doesn't try and uh, win the game himself and certainly doesn't hurt his team? Well, the, 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 the best friend he has is the running game. And so if they can establish the running game, then you know, it, it, makes his, you know, it makes everything easier for him. So if they can do that, you know, but otherwise give him some easy throws, um, you know, try to, you know, give him some stuff that, you know, that uh, don't let him throw the ball down the middle of the field early for sure. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, give him some stuff that, you know, that, that he can complete, you know, get his confidence up. But but the main thing is if they get the running game going, you know, it, it, you know that's going to open up easy throws for him. This question could be for either of you or both of you, but so we, we all know the importance of this rivalry game from fans to coaches to players alike, so there's probably not really a need for any extra or added motivation. But with that being said, last year Carolina ended Clemson's college football playoff hopes with that, with that win up in Death Valley. This year Clemson has an opportunity to return the favor and essentially keep the Gamecocks out of a bowl game. Does that add anything extra from Clemson's perspective, you think, or no? Yeah, I don't. I think that Carolina may play with a little more urgency because you know, they got to get the win to get in the bowl. But I don't think Clemson cares whether they go to a bowl or not. Hmm. They, they've got to play well to win in that environment. And I'll tell you now, Klebnik has not played. What Trek was talking about, he has not played quite, I don't think, in a stadium this, this loud. Uh, it's going to be the, it's gonna be kind of like the X factor. Do they handle it noise well? Because they've got some players that have been there before. But Klubnik's never been there before. And one of our quarterbacks from Alabama, Freddie Kitchens, he told me one day it was the loudest stadium he ever played in. And, I mean, he's played in, in Tiger Stadium at LSU and Auburn and everywhere else. He said it was as loud as anywhere he's ever been. So it's going to be a function thing. And it's going to be on his shoulders. And I, Chuck's already hit it. they got to put it in the running back's hands. And it better be successful because it has to be put in his hands. It's going to be tough. Chuck, what are your thoughts on, I mean, you you were in a Clemson uniform uh, many times, or Clemson gear many times, uh, at Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, Clemson, of course, uh, has had success uh, playing in Columbia. They've had success at night uh, playing in Columbia. The Gamecocks haven't beaten the Tigers in this game in Columbia since 2013. Um, does Clemson come in, and I hear what Ellis is saying, all the others are saying, and I know I – the 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 setting there can be intimidating, but does Clemson have a different mindset as a program coming into this game in Columbia because they're there so much every other year they kind of know what to expect they've been there before they know they've won there before is it a different mindset for them? These guys have never played um, uh, it, what you're telling me they've never played at night um, in Williams Bryce. Now I can I can relate back. This is for some of your listeners were born, mm. but in 1987, when we went down there with Rodney Williams, and that game was a close ball game, and that 
crowd literally took over the game, and it was, I mean, it was brutal. And I, I mean, you, you remember the game. I mean, uh, you know, the 20-7. to 7. Brad Edwards uh, had a couple of picks, I believe, a couple of pick sixes. He had a pick, he had, he had a pick and it was that right, the crowd, the whole Williams-Brice, Rodney, Rodney. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was brutal. So all I'm saying is uh-huh. these guys, hadn't, they hadn't been in that environment. Now, the only way that's going to happen is if it's a close ball game and Carolina, you know, and they can keep, if they can keep the crowd in it, into the fourth quarter, if they can keep it to that to that point, the crowd can be a factor. Do you think they'll? I mean, you know how crowds can be creative, and you know that they know young quarterback at Clemson has a little bit of a history of happy feet and nervous times. Uh, you think they try to get inside his head from a fan standpoint from the from the stands? Well, again, South Carolina has to. They have to stay in the game and, and keep the crowd in the game. You know, that, that I mean, and, and as much as Ellis and I have talked about anything tonight, mm-hmm. that's probably more important than anything, to keep it close and keep the crowd in the game. Because if, if, it, gets, if it gets out of hand early, that thing will empty out real fast, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Clemson will run away with it. So, I mean, and, and we've all seen that too. So, you know, they've got to keep, you know, whatever they have to do, if they can keep the crowd in the game into the second half and into the fourth quarter, then you got a ball game. Yeah, y'all came back in 89, Sparky Woods' first game against you. You beat them 45 to nothing. So Yeah, and we beat them the next year in Clemson too, but that's yeah. beside the point. Yeah. I'm talking about night game in Columbia in a close ball game. The crowd can be a tremendous factor. So how are you going to watch the game? What are your plans? Well, I'm watching on TV. Well, I I know that, but I mean, like, what are your Ellis? What I'll start with you. I mean, are you well, are you curling up at your? To go, I had a ticket to go to the game. I don't want to go to that stadium. I mean, what if what if Trump invited you to watch the game with him from his luxury suite? Would you go then? I might do that. I saw Henry yesterday at chiropractor. And I could have asked him if he could sneak me up in the box, but I really don't want to be there. Wait a minute! You, you got two tickets, but I'm gonna let Mama and Grandma have those. I'm gonna watch it on TV. You you go to the same chiropractor as the governor? Yeah, he's the best one in town. <laughs> Were y'all like in there at the same time? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of we plug in business. We plug trucks business. Uh, Evan Cohen, <laughs> who is the team chiropractor, game Evan Cohen's the best chiropractor in town. I don't know any others, but. He's the best one I've been to. <laughs> and I think the governor's figured that out. Well, while we're talking about we're the governor, related. what's his – what's, what's, okay? what's his physical issue? Now, that's the question. What's, Why is the governor visiting a Yeah, well, this is news now. What's, what's the governor getting cracked in there? Is it his neck, his oh, back? Oh, Huh? I guess get some heat on the back or something. I don't know. <laughs> Chuck? We're distantly related, Phil. You and the governor? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I didn't realize we had royalty on the show tonight, you know. <laughs> big, it's, this well, segment gets bigger by the week. Wow. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, where are you? You're up in the mountains, right? You're curling up there in the yeah, mountains with the family? No, no. Yeah, no, we'll be coming back Saturday to watch the game at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be at our place watching the game. 
you know, you've got you, you you know, of course Debbie's a she's a big Carolina fan now, so mm. you know. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. Well, now you've got Cohen from both of them. Now you you've got a little chain. Well, well, both of you got Cohen from both of them. So, like at yeah. this stage of life, Chuck, you consider yourself a Gamecock or a Tiger? Neither. <laughs> Neither one. Well, what are you? You got you got. Are you are you a mountaineer? Are you a a, a Baylor bear? Or I'm you? nothing. I, I I can just enjoy watching football, and you know. And to be honest with you, I pull against more people than I pull. All right, Ellis. What are you, know, Ellis? Are you? I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how Ellis is, but everybody that fired me, I pull against. <laughs> Ellis, are you a Gamecock or a Tiger, or do you hang with the Bulldogs? No, I mean, I always said I wish they could both come in undefeated every year and so forth. I'm a state of South Carolina football fan, and uh, but I've told you before, my youngest is a walk-on at Clemson, so i got to pull. Is he making the travel squad? They're bringing all of them. They're bringing all of them? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if they're dressing out, but they bring them all. Yeah. Nice. Well, guys, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope your turkey is uh, delicious and well cooked to your uh, to your satisfaction and everything else. Uh, all the trimmings are good. We appreciate you so much. I can't tell you enough. Can't pay you enough, as you well know. Uh, and uh, we we want everybody to go to uh, to the Comeback Shack over there uh, yes. near Charleston Southern, and also in Mount Pleasant, and also go visit. Uh, uh, Ellis's favorite uh, chiropractor, Doctor Cohen. So that's good. We plug two Phil, things for you there. Phil, Phil, I have, my kids want me to come eat with them tomorrow, so I have to go to the ex's house for Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> I had planned to go. To, I had planned to go to the Comeback Shack, but I got to go to the ex's house. Oh. Okay. Well, you, uh, you, you. Uh, I don't know how you handle that. You just handle it your way. <laughs> Guys, have a great holiday. We'll uh, let's do it again next. Uh, back on regular schedule. Well, this is regular schedule. Let's do it again next Wednesday, just to wrap it up for uh, for a while. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks, fellas. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, man. Thank you great weekend. Oh boy. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Ellis is going to the X's, huh? For, for good for him. Thanksgiving. That's brave. That's that's big. Yes, it is. That's big and that's brave. I mean, that's giving. He's he's taking one for the team, right? You feel like he's taking one for the team. It absolutely is. But good for him. Uh, you know, family sort of trumps all, right? I guess. I don't know. All my tech exes live in Texas. That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. Huh? You heard that song That's before? What they say. George Strait. That's what they say. All my exes live in Texas. And that was a true story. I did not make that up about Heidi and I going to oh, the no, that's, Shack on Saturday. It is, yeah, it is really a, good food. Oh, their place is great. And they have the one in Mount Pleasant. I go to the one that you go that you went to down near Charleston Southern. Whenever I go there in the in for the August tour stop, I always go there to eat. Yeah, hamburgers are great, salads are great. Yeah, recommended highly. Well, those guys were fantastic. Only to be matched by Will and the Thrill, we get their take on things. The final read on the uh, Palmetto Bowl rivalry meter. That's coming up. Be back in a moment.
Wow, we played that for Will because I know that's a song that uh, it brings fond memories to him. I'm sure when he hears it play, he probably goes to sleep at night with that song, uh, you know, running through his through his mind. Uh, time for edition of Will and the Thrill, joined by former Tiger Will Merritt, former Gamecock Carl the Thrill Chill Hill. Welcome, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We hope you have a great day tomorrow with family and friends and eat a bunch of turkey, watch a lot of football, have a great day. Will, welcome in. How are you, sir? Well, gobble, gobble. And let me uh, – how did you know that was my ringtone, Will? How did you know that was my ringtone? <laughs> we do our investigating. <laughs> no. We do our investigating. I, I hope you guys – or having a, a, a good short week, and I hope y'all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Let's welcome in the thrill, chill, hill. Good evening, sir. Hope you're doing well. Doing absolutely fabulous. Thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to this ball game this weekend. Well, let's begin right there. Uh, give us your take. Here we are. We talk about it every week leading up to it. It's now here. You've seen the teams. You've analyzed the teams. Carl, what do you think of the keys? I think for South Carolina defensively, I think, believe it or not, win this football game, I think I win this football game for the last games we played in November, they won two of them. So I'm going to have defense and win a football game this weekend as well. And it's just stopping their offense. It's got to be aggressive on first down to stop their running game. If we're aggressive enough on first down, I don't care if we run the four or three front linemen down on first down, we got to be aggressive and send guys in every block. I mean, blitz and don't let them get first down. So if you can step from getting down, running out, then you have to make the quarterback beat you. And I don't think he's able to beat us on on, on, on offense. So, and their defense, they're stood where on defense. Offensively, it's pretty much going to be the box of chocolate, man. If we hmm. open it, Open that piece of nut, that chocolate. We got nuts and caramel like we did against the same game plan against uh, 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 Vanderbilt. We'll have to we get the ball out of our hands. Don't let the linemen get a chance to get the quarterback. But if we do the same thing we did last week, it's, it's going to be a long weekend on Arkansas. So keeping the Tigers behind the chains early in series – you think that's a key for South Carolina, making them in second and third and long and, and forcing them to go the air? Yeah, the, the quarterback can't beat anybody, and and they're the top, their offense is turnover prone. It's Again, they got enough run. They got, they got some studs at running back. The offensive line is not that good, but they're good enough for the backs they have. If they can – if first down is going to be key. If you put them in a passing situation, and I think that – and just keep it close to the fourth quarter because they don't go well on the road in the fourth quarter anyway. So if mm-hmm. we can keep it close, close ball game, we'll win in the fourth quarter. Okay, Will, uh, how do you see it from where you are watching Clemson closely and watching the Gamecocks? Uh, what are the keys sure. from where you sit? Well, well <clears throat> let, let me just um, play devil's advocate real quick because Kentucky has one of the worst offensive lines uh, in the SEC, um, and let's just face it. I mean, and, and South Carolina, uh, they, they couldn't even get pressure against Kentucky. So, and, and you, you, Carl can say all he wants to about the fact that we're playing a very young offensive line 
and, and which is true. I mean, it's all freshmen and sophomores. But at the same time, I mean, we're we're still a better offensive line than Kentucky. Um, and let me let me just say one other thing. Oh. You say that 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 Clemson's quarterback can't beat you. Let me tell you something. The last three weeks, the quarterback has uh, Klubnik has beaten everybody with his legs and his arm. So yeah, I mean, he's thrown a couple of picks and, he, and he's given the ball away. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he's still he, he's shown up, man. Um, and and I, I think that South Carolina does pose a threat um, on, on the secondary and and a little bit in the in the linebacking core. But I don't I don't see that it, it's a huge matchup uh, differential between Clemson and South Carolina. So uh, you know to, to say that that Clemson's quarterback can't beat you, I, 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 I'm sorry, I disagree. Mm. Uh, he can beat you, and, and he will beat you, and and that's going to happen Saturday night. Ooh. Carl, no secret that the Gamecocks need to keep Rattler upright uh, in the pocket, give him some time, and he needs to find Leggett open down the field multiple times if the Gamecocks are going to have a chance. How do they do that? Well, again, it's the same thing I said about our offense earlier. It's the Vanderbilt offense that we ran against Vanderbilt. If you go back and look at that ball game, South Carolina threw the ball on first down 70% of the time. We've never done that. We're normally a run team 60-plus percent of the time on first down. If we can get – again, I don't care how good your defensive linemen are, on first down, if you're throwing four and five yards route, it don't matter how good they are. They can't get to you. And if South Carolina can get in second and long, the field becomes open and you can't double everybody. And if you – to double Leggett, you almost have to be in man coverage with your free safety free, and you have whoever's holding Garden Leggett. He had the under route in the free in the, in the free safety the freeze got the over. You can't be in man coverage all night long. You're gonna he's gonna have one on one coverage, and the tight end if the tight end is gonna have a big day if they double Leggett. If the tight end don't have AR slot receivers going to have a big day. If, if, South, if South Carolina has a chance, if they have a chance, Leggett has to touch the ball 25 to 30 times. He has to. Whether it's back out of the backfield or, or touch it. I mean, he has to touch it. But, see, the problem with that is, Phil, and you know this, when you know that going into the game, you know they're going to scheme against making sure he doesn't touch the ball. So I mean that that that's I mean that that's the South Carolina's only chance of winning this football. Look, everybody in the SEC has tried to stop that boy, and ain't nobody done it yet. Them tickers well, up there. Well, that that is, that is a great point. That is a great point. <laughs> okay, so you bring it. You try to stop him like everybody else here. You bring it on, baby. <laughs> yeah. So so Will, what is your what is your defensive strategy? Are you gonna are you gonna double him? Are you gonna put Wiggins on him and let him cover in mano and mano? What's your plan? Well, well, the the first thing I think they're gonna do they're gonna spy. That that's what they're gonna do. I mean, they're gonna spy him with a with a. They're gonna roll the safeties down and they're they're gonna spy him and they're probably gonna uh, instead of going man free, they're they're probably gonna bring somebody up front to make sure that they have somebody on him at all times. Wiggins is the number one choice. We we all know that. I mean, my gosh, look at what he's done the last couple of weeks. Um, but at the same time, you also have to have your linebacking core, that second level, they, they've got to know where he is at all times. And 
Um, you know, and but but Carl makes a great point. I mean, everybody's trying to stop that boy, and you just can't. Uh, he he's that good. Mm. He really is. But if that's your only weapon, then you know, I'm sorry, Rat, Rattler can't beat you. Uh, Will, if it comes down to a field goal for Clemson, <laughs> how are you going to be yeah. feeling in the last sixty seconds? I never, I never, I never feel good if 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 the game comes down to a field goal. I never feel good. Uh, I, I don't, I don't ever want the game to come down to a kicker. Um, you know, you, you should be able to win the game in the first three quarters, not the, not not on the not on the the foot of a kicker. Mm. Uh, Carl, do you do you think this will be a fourth quarter game? Yeah, I think it will because again, I, I think the score in this game is probably going to be somewhere around seventeen to twenty-four, somewhere in that seventeen to twenty-one. So, I, it can't be nothing but a fourth quarter game if that's the score. So, absolutely, I do. Again, their offense and they're playing that Billy Bryce at night in November. Shane Bimmer hadn't lost, so. Hmm. That's, again, it's going to be a November to remember. It will be well, if he gets it done. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be that close. I, honestly, this is the way I see it playing out. I, I think Clemson will uh, dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, I think they're better on offensive line. I think they're better on the defensive line, and I think that's going to be the key to the game. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. To be honest with you. Well, we're at that point as we wrap it up. Let's get the final official Palmetto Bowl rivalry meter reading. Carl, we'll start with you as the home team. What's your meter reading tonight? <laughs> I got to be careful. I got to be careful how I say that. Well, how? What is your rivalry meter reading tonight? I, I think this is a pretty big game for South Carolina. Our season is kind of depending on this game to have the success that we're still looking for to reach some of the goals that we're trying to get. This is a seven-point game by the odds maker last year of the 14. We're getting closer to them. I just think right now it's a 50-50 toss-up. I think they're defensive. They just, they're just extremely talented. we got to have some good luck and good fortune. they got to turn the ball over. we got to force turnovers. But I still think it's a 50-50 ball game right now. So your meter reading is what? Five? Fifty. 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 That's five zero. <laughs> okay. You're in the middle. Uh, Will, what you got? Well, uh, I, I think it comes down to two things. What, what, a, I think Carl made a gr- really good point in the fact that we can't turn the ball over. If we don't turn the ball over, we win by three touchdowns. And so your so, reading now I'm, is what? Eleven. No, you're back to an eleven. <laughs> you're back to an eleven. Okay. Well, listen, I'm I'm in the holiday spirit, man. I'm I'm in the Thanksgiving spirit right now. So. I get it. Well, listen, I want to thank both of you guys. We'll do it again next week to to wrap it up. But want to wish you a great Thanksgiving with your fam- family and friends, and we're certainly part of your family and friends here on Sports Talk. And uh, wish we could be there to have turkey with you, but we got our own people. Uh, Enjoy the day tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, guys. Thanksgiving, and and listen, y'all have a wonderful weekend, okay? Thank you, Will. Thank you both. Okay, Will and the thrill. Will's back to his 11. and Carl. Carl's been, like, right in the middle all season. I'm disappointed in him.
Yet. I mean, we, we bring him on each week to obviously give us a, an accurate state of his opinion with regards to U.S. football. Mm-hmm. And then Will obviously gives his take on Clemson football. But this should be the week. I don't care if they were 0-11 going into this game. He's got to be a 10 hmm. out of 10, right? That's what we want he's, this week. He, he's an honest guy. Confidence. I mean, he's giving you his, his honest reading, you know, inside his gut. And uh, that, that's what he's reading. So we thank the guys. Uh, we thank Will Thrill. Uh, we thank Chuck and uh, and Ellis. Uh, great stuff from those guys tonight. All right, we'll hit the break and come back with the recruiting update. Uh, I think we'll have time. Squeeze in a call or two before we sign it off tonight. So uh, don't go away. Those of you holding, thank you for your patience. We'll get to you in a moment. we got recruiting coming up after the break here on Sports Talk. Be right back. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is hunting season in South Carolina this fall, and folks need to be prepared from a legal standpoint. That's right, Phil. Everyone always needs to buy their hunting license or fishing license. Everyone always worries about losing their license. Well, now that's not a problem anymore because you can keep your license on your phone. That's right. Go Outdoors SC. It's an app. Look for it on your Apple or Android devices. You can buy your license. You can renew your boat registration, and it's all right there on your phone. Remember, Go Outdoors SC in your app store. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. 
That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Okay, let's give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawell. Seawell's closed this week for the buffet, back open next week. And, of course, when you're looking for the best in catering, you got that special event coming up later on this year, maybe towards the New Year's, maybe around Christmas, maybe next year. Make your plans to call Seawell's and let them make it very simple for you. They're Phone number is 803-771-7385. Their website, SeawellsCateringSC.com. So, defensive tackle Jerome Simmons. He's Bamberg native. He's completed his two seasons at Highlands Junior College, Kansas, getting some major attention. He was at Kansas State unofficial November 11th. He'll be at USC Saturday for the Clemson game. Georgia wants him to visit now in January. USC defensive tackles coach Travian Robertson offered in mid-October. They've stayed in touch, talking about once a week. They want him to play defensive tackle, switch between the nose and the three technique. And uh, he says South Carolina, of course, is strong with him, being close to home. That's important to him. He picked up his 12th offer from Louisiana on Monday. He visited Coastal Carolina earlier this week as well. And he said it was a very good visit. He talked to everybody, and they showed him some things he didn't know about Coastal Carolina. So they're in the mix as well. Mississippi State, Marshall, Jackson State, Jacksonville State, Buffalo, Charlotte, Akron, McNeese State have offered. He doesn't graduate until May, so his recruitment will carry into February's signing period. And he said USC has the edge right now a little bit, again, because they're close to home. He said everybody's still in the same boat. But South Carolina's a little higher because they are closer to home. This season, he had 26 tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, an interception, and a fumble recovery. So, let's go over some of the names of players who plan to visit South Carolina Saturday. Running back Daniel Hill, Mississippi, 24 class. In the 25 class, defensive tackle Sterling Sanders, Blythewood, South Florence defensive tackle Amir Adams. Defensive end Anthony Addison Sumter. Receiver Malik Clark, Rock Hill. Quarterback Ian Grissom, Louisville. Place kicker Trip Bryant, River Bluff. Receiver Brody Keefe, Charlotte. Running back 
Tony O'Banner, Thomas Hayward. This is in the 26th class. By the way, Keefe was in the 26th class. Also in the 26th class, receiver Carnell Warren of Bluffton, defensive tackle Darius Gray of Richmond, offensive tackle Desmond Green of Timberland, offensive tackle Langston Hogg, Cartersville, Georgia, offensive tackle Leo Delaney of Charlotte, 27 class, quarterback Mason Holtzclaw, Christ School in Arden, North Carolina, offensive lineman Israel Harris of James Island, running back Xavier Crowell of Jackson, <clears throat> Alabama, who was actually offered by uh, the Gamecocks. He might not be on the visit list, but they offered the him today. 27 class? 2027. 2027. Yes, sir. That's what I said. 2027. Uh, And former Clemson tight end Jalen Lay is back in the transfer portal, John, again, after playing at Alabama State this past season. There you go. There's recruiting for tonight. Remember to check it on our website, sportstalksc.com, on the the X, on the X thing, uh, your X, it's uh, use the hashtag ST recruiting there on X. All right, to uh, you the know phones. The, you real know the quick. web address for X is still Twitter, right? So I think we can still call it Twitter until it changes to oh, X.com. I didn't realize that. Yes, it's okay. still Twitter.com. All right, let's go. Um, we've had a caller waiting for a while, and we appreciate that. Uh, well, as soon as we check on who it is, we'll go to that phone call and uh, see what we have there. And then we will uh, wrap it up for tonight. Reminder, no show tomorrow night. Back with you live on Friday. Uh, Basketball, Virginia leading West Virginia late, 48-47. Cincinnati leading Georgia Tech at the half, 40-32. South Carolina State is leading Missouri at the half, 37-35. Whoa. Notre Dame Dame leading Maryland Eastern Shore, 38-32 at the half. Kansas beat Tennessee 69-60. North Carolina over Northern Iowa 91-69. Colorado State beat Boston College 86-74. In overtime, Tennessee Tech beat Presbyterian 79-75. Citadel loses to Campbell 65-58. No. Okay. Uh, there you go with some and with some basketball to scores. to be number one team again. Uh, probably the best team in the country right now, certainly with the best player in the country in Purdue. Knocked off Marquette today. Pretty good ball game, 78-75. Yeah, sure was. And that, game, that game last night between Marquette and, and uh, Kansas was pretty daggone, too. Seeing some uh, fiery reactions from the coaches there in the first half, too. That was something. Okay. The Tennessee-Purdue um, game looked like watching a football game. Good grief. <laughs> All right, no more callers, so let me just say this as we head off for the Thanksgiving break. Want to say thank you, uh, first of all, to everybody involved here with Sports Talk, uh, Chris, Pat, Smitty. Uh, we couldn't do it without uh, you guys, uh, everybody else involved, uh, JP and Joshua, uh, working with us on Friday nights, uh, working with Kevin Cohen here at the Point Radio. Couldn't have a better group. We're very thankful to be working with you guys. Uh, thankful for our affiliates around the state who uh, hang with us, uh, we certainly appreciate that. We wouldn't have a radio network, and we didn't have radio stations, and we believe we believe so strongly in local, local radio. We believe it's the best form of radio. We believe that's mm-hmm. what the sports fans in South Carolina really crave, local talk with people who know the local scene, and that's what we try to 
bring you here. And, of course, we're thankful for you, our listeners, with us uh, each and every night, whether you call or not, whether you write or not, doesn't matter. We're thankful to have you with us on the air, on the stream, whatever. Wish you all a great Thanksgiving. Chris, you and the family have a great time. Thank you, sir. You guys do the same. And remember, you can just, as Coach Beamer did yesterday, just call us the other guys. Phil and the other guys. The other guys. Well, to me, you're not the other guys. Pat, you have a great (laughs) Thanksgiving as well. Appreciate that. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Off tomorrow, back with you on Friday to take you down to the wire of the Palmetto Bowl. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. See you Friday. 